Hi, everyone. My name is Kate. And I'm Kayla. And you're listening to Artwise. Hi, everyone. Back at you with another episode. I have another guest this week. Her name is Kayla. I would say hi, hi. Kayla. Hi. <laughs> Did you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself a little bit, talk a little bit about what you're here on ArtWise to talk about, what kind of art you do, all that fun stuff? Awesome. Well, my name is Kayla Allen. I consider myself like a traveling artist. So I guess that's kind of what I'll mainly talk about today. I do plain air painting mostly, but I also dabble in a little bit of everything. I'm kind of one of those artists that doesn't really have a style yet (laughs) because I just keep experimenting with everything. But my main, main gig right now is just plain air. That's really cool. How did you get into like art in general. So I always ask like for the first question, because I know everybody is super different when it comes to like how they got into art. I know a lot of people who didn't really discover that art was their passion until adulthood. But I also know people uh, like myself who've just kind of been doing it since birth. Is there like a particular way that your journey kind of started into art? Well, I think like I'm probably like most artists are like you. I think kind of like born with it is pretty accurate or like born with the love, I guess, not born with like the talent necessarily. But I've always really enjoyed creating when I was little. I remember for birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, I would always ask for, you know, those little art books that they kind of show you like, hey, draw a circle here and then draw this circle. And then suddenly you have an eagle or yeah. whatever. I would ask for those books for Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, they they were so fun to me. And I really enjoyed playing around with them. So I always tried to ask for those for Christmas, I would always practice with them. And I thought about it a lot. And at a younger age, I think I was taking myself more seriously with art. I remember having this dream of, well, it wasn't even like a dream. It's just something I assumed was going to be a reality. Like if someone said, imagine yourself as an adult, I imagined myself in Paris question mark like why (laughs) but I imagine myself in Paris painting the Eiffel Tower like as my job and I don't know really where that came from because it's not like I really loved Paris that much I think I just thought of it as like the place to go for art but then as I grew up I kind of like (laughs) kind of fell away from that a little bit and I remember so like high school I didn't really take any art classes I was in band and chorus and stuff so at my school you couldn't take art classes if you were in band and chorus which was annoying So I kind of like grew away from it, but I always still doodled and did all the, the, you know, art things. And then I just kind of stopped thinking of art as a job that I could do when I was older. And I went into college trying to be a nursing major, which was (laughs) awful. I really hated my whole first semester was really pretty terrible. If I didn't have the roommate that I had, I think I would have gone absolutely insane. But my roommate was an artist too. And so she would spend some time painting. And that's what kind of got me back into it was hanging out with her painting on the weekends. And then I kind of reconnected with my whole artist side, I guess. And then I slowly kind of turned it into a business slash I would just post on Instagram thing. That's really interesting. Like that's so I I like to think of like the universe always like 
kinds of puts us back on our path if we like stray and it's so crazy like did you did you know your roommate beforehand or was that just a random person and it was just kind of like fate that they happened to be like an artist no oh my gosh she was 100% random never met like I was supposed to room with one person originally and then something like happened with that and we decided like you know, we'll just room separate. It was just too crazy trying to like get our schedules to match up. And then I just kind of last minute, I didn't have anybody else. So I just signed up for the random roommate assignment. And this girl was literally perfect. I mean, we matched so well. And it really was like you said, it was like fate. That That's awesome. Fun fact, Artwise season one was hosted with my friend Diane, and we were actually roommates by fate <laughs> as well. So that's kind of funny. Yeah, not for not in college, yeah, but we we both did a pre-college program and we had to live in, in a dorm for a month. And that's that's how we met. We got assigned the same room. And it was it was crazy. It was crazy because I would not have been able to even afford do, doing that program had I not won a scholarship. So the whole thing was very, I don't know what the word to describe it would be. It was just very like, oh, this is perfect. You know, like it just kind of happened. So I, I like hearing yeah. stories like that because meant to be. who, who knows what you, what you would be doing right now? You know, <laughs> you think you would have yeah, finished nursing exactly. school? Oh my gosh. Or do you think you would have just been frustrated <laughs> and been like, oh, okay, I, okay. I saw anything else, anything else, but this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I would have. It was just that was really not meant to be. <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, that no, first I totally... year, it's funny. <laughs> I actually also remember, like, very vividly, actually, going to the library every single day because the nursing program at the school I went to was insane. Like, you had to have a 3.9 minimum to even be considered to get into the nursing program. So my freshman year, I was obviously, like, really trying to get there and get that. So I lived in the library and to get fresh air, I would go sit outside by this fountain. I went to Salisbury University. So if there's any Salisbury University people listening, you know where Fulton Hall is. There's a fountain there and that's where all of the art students generally paint and they have all of their classes outside. So I would go there to get fresh air. And I remember just sitting there watching all these people painting and following what they are supposed to do. And they're like dreams, you know? And I just remember sitting there crying <laughs> and being like, why can't I do this? Like, I wish I was these people painting and doing art and following their passions. And then I actually, so once I declared my art minor, I was in that building and there was a really distinct moment where I was walking right past that same fountain and I could just like see myself sitting on that bench crying. And I just wanted to, you know, like hug my past self, I guess. <laughs> but it's really cool. Like you said, it's just fate. Like everything happens for a reason and everything comes full circle. That's awesome. I love to hear stories like that. It's 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 really like I feel like it helps a lot of people too because I feel like a lot of um people who are really interested in doing art feel dis discouraged from from doing it just because oh well, you know, I have to be successful or whatever, but success can really look like anything and I feel like a lot of people sometimes need to be pointed in the right direction. <laughs> and so it's, it's a, that's like yeah. a really awesome story. So why, why plain air? Why a traveling painter? Like, is, is there a specific reason as to why or? So 
I don't know, actually. This is this is a very interesting question. I kind of, well, I've always been drawn to travel, I guess. Maybe you can see that in my younger self wanting to randomly live in Paris. <laughs> um, but traveling has always been something that I love to do. I always traveled with my grandparents. We went camping a lot. So I think the love for travel itself started there. And then I really didn't start. So I guess I kind of need to explain how I even started selling art to answer this question. Like I said, I basically just kind of was posting on Instagram at first in college. And then I had some friends who were like, oh, that's cool. Can I put that in my dorm? Can I buy that from you? And that kind of like little light bulb moment happened. And I was like, yeah, I guess obviously you can. Sure, here, you can buy this $10 for this giant painting. <laughs> and I really had no idea what I was doing because I didn't originally want to sell art. That wasn't like what I was doing that page for. And then slowly more people started following me and I started kind of growing into a love for the business portion. And at this time, I wasn't a nursing major anymore. I had actually switched my major to English secondary ed. So I graduated with that degree and a minor in art. So at this time, I'm just kind of going to school, making the art, posting it on Instagram. And if somebody buys it, they buy it. And then when I started trying to think of what I wanted my life to look like after college, I immediately thought of travel. My boyfriend and I talked about briefly moving to Arizona and I'd teach out there. And then one day I just had this thought, like, I really enjoy painting scenery. I enjoy, you know, being outside. I enjoy the nature. I enjoy the traveling. I could create this space for myself to travel and create at the same time and kind of marry them together with my Instagram account. So that was just kind of like a little dream in my mind at first. I wasn't thinking that it could actually happen. I didn't think it was really possible. I was just like, oh, if I won the lottery one day, we could just go travel and I'll paint. And then my senior year, you know, that's the year COVID and stuff happened. Things started going crazy. That's when I picked up the art minor. And in my art minor, I took obviously a drawing class and a painting class. And in my drawing class, we exclusively did everything outside. Like class would be canceled if we couldn't go outside because that's really where we did a majority of our learning. And I started really falling in love with that feeling of live painting. So I guess that answers the portion of your question about why plain air. I feel like when you're drawing or painting from life, especially outside, there's a different connection you build. And not, I mean, I, I use photos to paint also, so not knocking that at all, but it's just a whole different ball game for me mentally. I think it makes me more present in the situation that I'm in or wherever I am. So especially with traveling, I really enjoy just setting up my easel and painting wherever I am because I feel like I connect more with that scenery. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So can you talk about like what some of the struggles that you have as like a plain air painter are that maybe like a traditional or even like a digital artist might not have? Like what are what are like the benefits versus like the, the struggles? So actually just yesterday, for those of you listening, I'm currently in Florida. I'm from Maryland, so um, pretty big difference in weather because it was snowing when we left Maryland, and now here it's 80 degrees. Weather plays the biggest role in plain air painting. That's the biggest difference, I'd say, obviously. But then you also have, there's the difference between if you're looking at a photograph or drawing from a photograph, your reference photo is already 2D. So the photo kind of does some of that work for you. My biggest struggle with plein air painting is always turning something that's 
such a vast space and 3D into a small, you know, 2D space. But that's really with anything too. So if you paint from live models or inside, but painting a, you know, still life, you're still going to have that same issue. So I'd say the biggest difference with plain air painting and then painting inside is just the weather, which seems really obvious, but especially I paint with acrylics and they dry so fast or so slow, just depending on how hot it is, where the sun's positioned on your painting. So blending sometimes becomes an issue. So you really have to be very either flexible or very attentive to the weather. I wouldn't have even thought of that, honestly, as a problem, but that makes perfect sense. So the the benefits, obviously, traveling is, is fun, but is there is there anything else that you really love about it that you want to bring more like attention to? I think, yeah, kind of going back to what I talked about a little bit before, I feel like in plein air painting, it's almost a little bit like journaling for me at least, because you're recording where you've been and kind of the emotions almost that you were feeling that day. Like I have actually kind of an example if you don't care. I mean, I know on the podcast, they can't see this, but I have this painting I did yesterday. For those of you listening, it's a seashell painting um, I did on the beach and it's very like impressionistic. So I don't really have, I just kind of jotted down the forms. And at this time I was a little bit in a rush. I was feeling pretty relaxed. I was having a good time. And for me, I can look at this and I see how I was feeling at the time. Like I was just enjoying the leisurely time at the beach, the sun, the sand and just getting down those forms and there wasn't a lot of thinking involved but then I have another painting here that took me it's also from the beach but it's a different day so there's a lot more detail it's a lot more meticulous and I remember feeling a little frustrated while doing this one and while nobody else is going to look at that and see my emotions or how I felt or even what I was eating while I was painting that when I look at it it's like a whole record of everything I did while I was painting it So that's probably, for me, the biggest draw to plein air painting. And I feel like every artist probably feels this way, too, with anything that they do. But for me, it's it kind of ties in the experience I'm seeing and feeling and then the art that I'm also creating and has this whole different effect. That is what I could only compare to journaling or recording your life um, and emotions on paper. Cool. Okay. So like about travel specifically. So like, how exactly do you go about planning a trip across the US? Like what what advice would you give to an artist who's wanting to, to do art and, and travel in order to do so? So this is a really good question. And I want to make sure that I like word this correctly, because I'm 100% not an expert at all in this. I just started my whole journey in October. So we started off going to Maine and then we came home for a little while because we had some things happen, which I'll cover. I'll probably talk about in a second anyway, but we had to take a little vacation at home for a second. And then now we've come down to Florida. So I'm still very new at everything. And a lot of it is stuff I'm learning along the way. But some of the biggest tips I'd say in planning for the trip is to kind of research what you're interested in. So I'm mainly focusing on national parks because, one, I have a a big tie to national parks with my family, my grandparents. It's something I've always loved. 
to go and see, and I'm really drawn to the nature. But let's say you're someone who's not plein air painting and you enjoy painting people or their experiences or, you know, life, you might want to focus on cities. So make sure you're looking at what you're interested in and not just what you think is going to be the easiest to do or what you see other people doing. So I'd say make sure you dig deep in yourself and have a connection to where you're going. Also, in the planning portion, I'd say you really have to be flexible. So I would almost say don't count on planning because, as I said before, we kind of had to take a little detour back home for a little bit. It's really you cannot predict what is going to happen when you're traveling this way. And maybe, you know, if you're someone who really has to know what's going on all the time and everything has to be perfect, I'm sure you'll find a way to plan that helps you. But I'm, I'm not one of those people. I'm very sporadic. I, pr- I can't really tell you where we're going to go next. Um, I know we're heading west from the south. So I guess in the planning aspect, I would just say make sure you're flexible. So and yeah, that's that's probably the biggest thing. And I guess another one that's really important to mention, obviously, I'm really privileged in being able to take this trip. A lot of people probably can't just up and take a trip like this uh, because maybe they don't have the funds or they don't have the support from family and friends. So I'm really privileged in the fact that I have family that when things go wrong, I can just come back home for a month to figure things out. And a lot of people might not have that. So I want to recognize that I am privileged in the position that I'm in. But in saying that, if you're someone else in a similar space where you do have family who's backing you up, I'd say make sure monetarily, I just get a good nest egg first because really travel, you know, it is expensive. And while there are little hacks here and there that you can do and use, there's a lot of unseen financial issues that you could come across, especially we're traveling in a camper um, and we're going from campground to campground. Campers are really hard to maintain. You have to really be diligent about if something breaks, you have to fix it instantly because not only is the camper your home, but it's also the vessel that you're traveling in and it can get dangerous if you're not taking care of it properly and you need to have finances in order to do that. So what we did traveling with my boyfriend, we both saved up a huge amount of money. So I taught for half a year and then I was a bartender and also waitress and did art camps on the side. So I just worked a ton the first year, saved up all that money. And then that's kind of what we're using to start the trip, um, as well as using money I'm making on the trip from painting. But yeah, I would say financially, you want to make sure you're in a good position and then make sure you're in tune with yourself and where you want to go and be flexible. Those are my three main tips. So did you want to just talk a little bit more about, you know, maybe let's go from like some advice that you would give to artists wanting to do something similar today. I know you talked a little bit about like not wanting or not what like being flexible not basically. like I don't know how to word it yeah being flexible I was, I was trying to say not trying to make sure everything goes exactly as planned but that yeah. is a better way of saying that <laughs> so yeah definitely I guess like definitely the being flexible is the biggest thing out of all three of the pieces I said were important and I kind of touched for a second on it but so as an example and like I said for I just disclaimer, I guess, if you're going to be traveling in hotels and you're staying in the cities, you're probably gonna have a way different experience than me. Like you have to keep in mind, I'm staying in like national parks and campgrounds and all these other things with a camper that I'm towing behind my truck. So I guess if 
this might just apply to people who are camping, but if you have a camper and like I said, you have a lot of maintenance, you have to keep up on the camper, your financial situation needs to be able to compensate for that. But also your flexibility needs to compensate for that because if something goes wrong with your trailer or your truck or you break down, obviously your trip has to move. So you can't be, you know, in Florida like I am now and I'm next, I'm going to Louisiana. If we get ready to leave and the truck's not working or something's not working with the camper or the brakes, obviously we have to stop and we have to be flexible enough to find another campground for another few days, take whatever needs to be fixed to get fixed. So it really disrupts the trip. And we actually, so when we went to Maine first in October and we did Acadia and that was absolutely amazing. Best time ever. Everything was perfect. Went without a hitch. Then we got home and we were just kind of like hanging out for, I think it was two weeks was the time because I have a membership program with this camping group. And I guess I'll just share this part too, in case anyone wants to do this. I use Thousand Trails, which is this company that has a lot of campgrounds all across the U.S. And you basically buy a year-long membership for whichever package or zone you want across the U.S. And then you have access to all of those campgrounds within that zone for, like, not free because you're paying for it, obviously, with the membership. But it's free at the time. So when I check out, I get, like, a little receipt that says $0. (laughs) And I really like that. So anyway... We had to let our membership reset because after you stay for two weeks, you have to give it a few days before you jump back into another campground. So we went home for two weeks and then we were going to go to Chicago or near Chicago because my friend lives there and we were just going to spend a few weeks there. So we started heading out to Chicago and planned to be back, you know, in like two, two or three weeks. And we got into a small accident. Everything was fine except for the camper. Like we were fine. Truck was fine. It really wasn't, nobody else was involved, but you know, towing a camper can be a little bit dangerous. Uh, You have to be, you know, there's so many elements at play. And so we had a big storm come through and the wind took the camper into the Jersey wall and like just tapped the side of it. So when you look at the camper after everything had happened, there was just like a little dent on the side except everything inside had moved so much. You know, there's electronics, there's propane lines, there's water tanks. Everything had moved so much that they totaled it because it would have cost too much to fix all of it. So we had to get a whole new camper. We had to go all the way back home. We were stuck in Ohio for like a week. It was really a nightmare, but, you know, being flexible helps you turn those situations into something that might not be that horrible. So we ended up, we found a really cool state park in Ohio. I ended up painting this really cool waterfall, which is probably one of my favorite paintings I've ever done yet. And we never would have stopped there or even been there had this not happened. So I guess on top of being flexible, also try to have like an optimistic mindset because things are going to go wrong. And sometimes you don't have any control over it at all. And you just have to be able to bounce back and make this really bad situation into something really good. So yeah, that's just really the biggest tip, I think. So any other artists trying to do this, just be really flexible and try to be optimistic because it's going to be hard and it's not all fun. Yeah, I that's cr- so we talked a little bit about about this when, when we weren't recording, but I had said I have never traveled before. I in my entire life have been outside of Florida like once that I can remember twice in my whole life, technically, but once I was really too young to even remember it and the second time I literally went to Georgia so it's not even (laughs) like I went far so I have never traveled before I've never experienced travel like that so it's really like I wouldn't have even thought about like 
stuff going I know this sounds probably like dumb but I wouldn't have even thought about stuff going wrong because like I just don't my brain doesn't work that way. I'm one of those people, like like you were saying before, like I have a plan and that's how it's going to happen. And there's just no <laughs> other way. <laughs> so, you know, except for lately, I guess. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's really, it's really interesting to hear about like all of the, the things that really go into like traveling, especially like the whole kind of, I guess you could, would you call it like van life? kind of yeah I guess so like kind of like camper life I guess <laughs> this is like I think a cheaper version of van life because camper you don't life, have to worry about life. all right so let's talk a little bit about so this is something that we talked about before recording at all and it was how confidence plays uh, a larger role in turning your artwork into a business rather than like art school so I was just kind of wondering, like, would you recommend art school for someone wanting to follow a path similar to yours? Or do you think that there's a better way to to go about how you got to where you are in your art journey? Yeah, so, well, I guess I kind of, I don't know how much I can speak on art school, because I just had an art minor tacked on to my degree, basically, I took the art minor all in one semester. So I basically just stayed one extra semester in school. So after I finished all my English secondary ed requirements, I just took all these art classes at once, which I would not recommend (laughs) for anybody. I mean, if you are at that point already, definitely do it, go for it because I would not, I don't regret anything, but I wish I had taken things in the correct order instead of taking everything at once because there was times I had professors who were like trying to tell me about color theory and stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm in that class right now. Like, I don't know that yet. (laughs) And so it made things a little bit hard. But I don't know, I don't want to say I'm against art school or anything like that, because getting my art minor really helped me. But I think by the time I got to my art minor, I was in a headspace where critiques didn't really affect me because I was already successful um, in selling art. I mean, not that they affected me. Obviously, I took what people said. And I was like, Oh, this is good. I'll take that. But I could effectively leave what I didn't resonate with instead of taking everything and internalizing it. So I don't know, I guess I just can't speak on being an 18 year old jumping into your passion. And then I know that's most people's problems with art school is that it crushes your soul. (laughs) So I didn't experience that really. But I would say if you can't do art school, I'll just talk on that because I, it's not that I couldn't do art school. It's I wasn't letting myself even think of art as something I could do. So I was trying all these different career paths and avenues. But if you fall into that category, or you're someone who literally can't go to art school or can't afford school, I'd say you can definitely get to the point where I am without that. Like I still even with my art minor, I didn't really gain many connections. I mean, I have some professors that I can still talk to. But I kind of was talking to them even before I had my art minor anyway. So I think if you're just involved enough and diligent enough within yourself to teach yourself and put yourself in situations where you can maybe hang out with art students, even if you're not in the art school, you can definitely get to this point. It's just all about, like you said, confidence. It's kind of like a fake it till you make it thing, especially Instagram, like with all social media. So if anybody on here follows me on social media, you probably think I'm pretty confident, which I I'm not. I'm really just faking it the whole time. You just got to kind of pretend like you're already a micro influencer and then people start believing you and it starts working. And that's really kind of just where I'm at now. Like I kind of 
even when I was selling my art, I didn't just, you know, start selling. It's not like I was selling out all the time, but you kind of, I don't want to say you're not lying because you're not telling people like, oh, I'm selling all this stuff when you're not, but just act like things are going really well. I see a lot of artists on Instagram and social media trying to sell their art and they're constantly like, oh my gosh, like I'm not selling enough and I'm so sad because nobody's bought from my launch. And they're trying to like, not that they're trying to guilt people, they're trying to be transparent, I think, but there's nothing wrong with, mm-hmm. you know, being optimistic if you, and you kind of trick yourself too. So even if you're not selling anything from your launch, if you're on your Instagram, you're like, guys, thank you so much. I see so many of you are looking on my website or I can see my Etsy interactions are really up right now. Thank you so much. You kind of trick yourself into believing that, you know, that that's good, which it is. It is good, but it puts yourself in a more positive mindset. So I'd say confidence is key. And I don't know a lot about art school, but I'd say if you can't do it or it's just not working for you right now, you don't need it. <laughs> I don't think, but I'm sure there's people who who believe differently. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I completely agree with everything you said, except for I will go. So this is this is Kate. Hi, everyone. I will say I think that art school is not necessary. And I will come out and say that as as my opinion. And I'm not going to say like, oh, well, like you went to art school, like screw you, whatever. Like, No, that's not what I mean. I'm just saying I don't think it's necessary for success at all. I didn't go to art school. I didn't even finish my freaking degree. I went to community <laughs> college. I got my associate's degree. And I said, you know, I think that I don't have enough money to keep going. <laughs> so I stopped there. And my career has been overwhelmingly, not to say that I'm like the most successful artist in the world, but as someone who's 22 years old, I'm really happy with where I'm at. And, you know, I think that as much as I wanted to go to art school when I was 18, I'm really glad that I didn't go. And I'm glad that I had some sort of concept of of money to be like, oh, I don't want to pay $170,000 for this because I don't think it would have been worth that sticker price. And That being said, I think like the best thing for art school specifically, or going to school for art, even if you go to a regular university and you just have like an art major, in my opinion anyway, I just think that the best thing that you can get out of that, all that art stuff, all of like color theory, all that stuff that you go to school for them to teach you, you can learn that anywhere. You can learn that on YouTube. You can, you can literally learn that from anyone, but It's more like the most that you can get from my experience and talking to people and having friends who go to art school is that networking. And that's Mm -hmm. also something that I feel like you can do yourself. Like I started this podcast and I've met so many amazing people, Kayla included. (laughs) I've just met so many people doing like all these crazy things. Like I, I'm not a traveler. It's weird because I'm a Sagittarius, but I, I don't, I've never traveled in my life, but like, I feel like I'm living vicariously <laughs> through you. And so it's like, I, I just love it. And I'm meeting all of these amazing people and I don't have any qualifications to be hosting this podcast right now. Anyone can host a podcast. It's, it's like crazy. Like you literally, <laughs> like you go on YouTube and like search, like how to, how to start a podcast. You watch like four or five videos and then you have like everything you need, like you're, yeah. re- you're ready to go. And as, as much as like, I, I hate to say it. Cause I, I really do. I do that thing that you were talking about where I front and I'm like, Oh, I have this podcast. I host a podcast and I'm like <laughs> on, on TikTok and like talking about it. Like it's like this professional thing like no I started this with my friend 
like a year ago, two years ago, thinking that, oh, like we're just doing this for fun. And now I'm just, I'm keeping it going because I just love to do it. And it's so much fun. I'm, I'm not even, guys, I'm not making any money off of this podcast right now. I just do it for fun. It's a lot of work for something like that you do for fun, but I'm getting so much out of it, like so much more than like getting paid for it would give me, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'm getting so much more than that out of it. I think everyone who listens to this podcast, I would, I would like to think that you're all getting stuff out of it. I'd like to think all my amazing guests get more out of it but i i completely agree with everything you said it's just amazing so true art school or even going to school for art i not not a necessity but the confidence thing that is really important yeah definitely like i i haven't heard people yeah i haven't heard a lot of people talk about the whole fake it till you make it and you're not even really <laughs> faking it because after a certain point you start to believe yourself too yeah <laughs> so exactly i love that yeah, and I also want to touch on um, something that you said a second ago. You kind of answered the next question I had which, oh, <laughs> already, <did> I? <laughs> which was, yeah, I said it was like, you know, even though I, like, I know art wasn't necessarily your major, but the question was, did you still find school or college to be helpful to you on your art journey, which oh, I feel yeah. like you answered already. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> did you have anything you wanted to add to that, though? Yeah, I actually, you said something a little bit ago that I wanted to touch on because I think it's really important and this isn't stressed a lot. And I do, I have friends who were like in art school and everything, and they even said a lot of their classes didn't help with this. So if you're listening and you want to start, you know, your own art business or you want to freelance or anything, something I think is so very, 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 very important is financial literacy and nobody talks about it really. I mean, I don't feel super qualified to talk too much about it either. But definitely do some research about like what you should be doing. What's a, a good amount of money to charge for your paintings? How much should you be bringing in before you go full time? And is it okay to like go full time before your numbers are technically ready? Which is a whole other thing I could talk about for a while. But what you had said was you were in art school and then you realized like, okay, maybe I can't really afford this anymore. And it's not that you couldn't at the beginning. Like at the beginning, you were like, okay, I can afford this. Let's do it made sense for you, but you reassessed in the middle and decided that, okay, this is no longer working or will not work for very long. So I'm going to have to stop. And that's with anything. That's not just art school. That's with like, if you're painting an oil, like, so I was painting an oil for a little bit. It's expensive to paint an oil. So I reassessed and was like, okay, I'm not really making enough. You know, my, my clientele can't afford to pay for this type of painting. And I enjoy making them, but let's make a business decision and switch to acrylics for a little bit and see how that goes because it's way less expensive. It's also less time consuming, in my opinion. I don't have to wait as long for it to dry, obviously, but it's just oil's a little trickier anyway, at least for me. But I switched to acrylic for that purpose and, you know, I'm spending less time and still making enough money to cover the piece. So make sure you're financially literate in what you're doing. I wasn't in the beginning at all, so it's not to say you can't you know, if you don't know anything about money, you can't start a business or you can't start selling your art. You totally can, but just make sure you're educating yourself as you go. And from my friend's experience and just what I've heard from other people, art school all the time is not going to teach you that either. So you do have to do a certain level of self-teaching there also. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on that for a second because I think that's something I don't hear anybody talk about. Oh, yeah. Like, and and to to go off of what you said too. So yeah, that that's basically what happened for me. I, I went 
to, you know, Ringling College of Art and Design. I went to their financial advisor and he told me how much it was going to be. And that is when I was like, you know what, I'll just go to community college. And then after I finished community college, I was like, okay, now let's do a university. And even the universities that I found that I felt like were a good fit for myself, I was just... I did not feel comfortable putting that much more money into my degree. And that's not to say that like everyone's experience is going to be that, but it it was, it was that for me because I had mm -hmm. already, you know, been working in the field. I started my first big graphic design job at 19. And at the time that I was ready to start going wow. to university, I was, I think I was either 20, 20 or 21. And so I had already been doing it for a couple of years and I was just like, there's no reason for me to get this degree anymore. And so that was just like, you know, I not to say I think I know everything already. It was just like the reason for me to get a degree in the first place was to get a job like the job that I had already had at that point. And so now I'm, you know, I'm pivoting a little bit and I'm definitely doing a lot more freelance and something, this mm -hmm. is the actual thing I wanted to add. I don't know. I felt the need to give some backstory, but you know, since I've been working, you know, doing that whole eight to five thing, I kind of have slowly been like, this is kind of scary. <laughs> and like, it's weird. It's weird to say, because I feel like a lot of, a lot of artists feel like that's the only way, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. like a nine to five is, is good. You got your consistent paycheck. It's nice. It's, it feels safe, but it's not really safe. And the only reason I say that is because so many of my coworkers have, you know, gotten laid off or, or let go, especially since the pandemic. And it doesn't mm -hmm. feel safe anymore. And not only does it not feel safe to me, but I feel like I'm putting a limit on myself and how much money, not that it's about money, because art has never been about money for me. I, I wouldn't be, you know, doing this podcast literally for free to, to give to people without ads or anything if, if you know, money was what I was about. But I, I still feel like... I'm putting like a, a limit on myself. And something that I did that I encourage a lot of people to do is I actually hired a business mentor. My business Ooh. hasn't launched yet. Like you can't really buy anything from me, but mm -hmm. I'm, you know, turning, you know, my graphic design experience. This is the first time I'm really talking about it. And I don't know why I chose now. <laughs> it's kind of a weird time, but um, it's relevant to what you were talking about, but I, I hired a business mentor. So if you are in a place, it's a lot cheaper than going to college. I will say that. And I feel like I got a lot out of it. So I worked with Ginger. She owns, I don't know if owns is the right word, but she's the owner of the Divine Social. She like runs it. She's amazing. And she's helped me so much with pricing, financial literacy, and all of that stuff. And she was the first person to tell me when I was telling her, this is, you know, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. And I was giving her my pricing because I'm doing like these like social branding, graphic design packages for people, very different from what you're doing, but still <laughs> I have to price myself the yeah. same kind of way. And I remember her just being like, dude, you're like not charging enough. And I didn't even know. I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm used to making, you know, barely above minimum wage at my graphic design mm -hmm. job when realistically probably should be making more. But, you know, I don't really have a say in how much I get paid when it's like a big company mm -hmm. that's the one paying you and they're the ones to decide how much you get paid. So I was just <laughs> kind of like blown away. And like what's even crazier is that like I haven't even launched it yet and it's already just kind of doing so well. So I will say like another really good thing too, if you have decided um, like maybe college isn't for me, 
there are so many amazing business mentors. Like I said, I worked with Ginger at the Divine Social. She's amazing. I highly recommend her. I am st still working with her. I've been working with her for almost four months. She's amazing. And then on top of, of that, you could you could, there's just a lot of things you could do, but there, there's many different business mentors who can help you figure out how to, how to price yourself, how to handle the money situation, how to make sure you don't screw up your taxes. Like there's so many things that they can help you with as like a, if you're trying to do freelance or, or something similar where you're kind of working for yourself and turning yourself into a business. So I just think that's like really, really great. Cause I don't think we've talked about that at all on this podcast, but it's really, it really is really important, especially as an artist. Cause they, that's not not what they teach you in art school at all they don't teach you how to be like good with you know pricing yourself and money because it's not really about money it's about the art right mm -hmm. except for not really because the money's <laughs> important too you got to pay your bills and, yeah, and stuff gotta so, live. exactly so so this is a question that i really have been enjoying asking people and mm -hmm. that is what is the best advice that you've received as an artist okay so i yeah this one is big. I feel like I get a lot of advice and I'm going to talk about two different things, I think. So one, also, I want to just say before I say this, that my heart goes out to anybody whose parents don't necessarily support their decision to be full-time because, I mean, that's not something I've experienced at all. My parents have been really the forerunners of trying to get me to do what I'm doing right now. They've been the ones trying to, to get me to go out there and try it. But I guess, you know, I just want to put it out there now. If you're not in that situation, I really feel for you. And I, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I, my best advice I've gotten is probably from my parents, my mom and dad, and my dad and I, we've been readers forever. And I remember, I think it was like, probably two years ago now, maybe three, I don't know, COVID really has messed up my sense of time. I think it's messed up every <laughs> yeah. sense of time. I have no idea what's going For on. For real. Uh, I've like lost two years of my life yeah, to COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think it's two years, could be four, not sure. But a couple years ago, when I first really started, I guess the business portion of this, my dad, you know, we, like I said, we've both been readers. He read this book, The Alchemist, I'm sure a lot of people have read that. It's a pretty big book um, out there. I mean, it's not a big book. It's literally like tiny, but it's a huge book and talked about a lot in pop culture right now. But anyway, he read that book a few years ago and he passed it on to me and he was like, I really think you should read this. And if you have read The Alchemist, I'm not going to like ruin anything by saying this, but it's about, it's like a, almost like a folky kind of it's I mean not folky I guess it's like it's like a tale it's not a self-help book but it kind of also is just in the messages it's all metaphorical but anyway it follows this character who is he has this dream that he finds gold in Egypt and so he goes out on this traveling quest to find this gold and anyway he meets a lot of different people along the way who mean different things for his life and also in the metaphorical sense so anyway he read this, passed it on to me, and then we had this whole discussion about it when I was finished reading. And my dad said, you know, I think what this means is that you can't go your whole life, like, trying to kind of make your dreams work, you know? I mean, now, also, I want to be careful in saying this because there is times where you have to have a job and also chase your dreams. Like, it's not possible for everyone to just quit their jobs. I'm going to say that yeah. right now. It's really not in this world Absolutely. we live in. You can't do that. But the point of the book, what we were saying, or what my dad was saying, is that you can't kind of half do your dreams. You can't decide, like, oh, I'm going to put one foot in and then take it out and then 
put it back in and then maybe I'll touch it again because you're not really fulfilling that piece inside of you that needs to do that dream. And you're really not going to probably achieve the dream at the length that you would if you went all in. Um, And going all in doesn't mean necessarily quitting your job. It doesn't mean dropping everything and locking yourself in the basement to paint and do whatever it is that your dream is. Um, It means just fully immersing your brain in what it is that you want to do and turning yourself into the person that is the successful version of you. So you have to really jump in and try to make yourself the person who is successful. Does that make sense? I guess, let me reword this because I'm kind of just trying to reiterate what my dad's conversation was with me. But basically the gist of it was you need to be able to imagine yourself right now. So think of yourself in the future and think of, you know, the version of yourself in the future that you want to be the most successful version of yourself, whatever that means for you. Think of that in your head and who you are and what you're doing. Then you want to sit and write, what does that person hold as most value in their life? Like, what is the most valuable thing to them? What do they spend their free time doing? What are they doing before they go to bed? What do they eat? What do they drink? What are they like? Who is that person inside and out? Think about that and then just start being that. Like, that's how you become that person. You can't be that person until you start being that person. You're not just going to magically wake up and start doing that once you're successful. You have to do those things to become that person. Does that make sense? So that's that's the best advice I've gotten as an artist. And really, I think it applies to everything in life. It's not just art. So it could be literally any of your dreams. If you want to be a teacher, a doctor, anything, you just have to start being who you want to be today. Because who you are today is who you're going to be tomorrow. And who you are tomorrow is who you're going to be next year. And then next year, and after that, and after that, and for the rest of your life. So start today. It's it's so crazy that you mentioned that because are, are you into like manifesting at all? Yeah, I am. I don't I don't know a lot about it. Like you said, when you we were like... talking about astrology. Like <laughs> I don't know a lot about it. I think it's interesting. But yeah, manifesting, I think I yeah, I definitely think about it a lot. There's a book I read and I'm going to try. I should have like thought about it before. I totally forgot about it. I should have written it down. But I'll think of it and I'll send it to you. So maybe you can like put it in the description or something. But it's this book. It's not about manifestation in the way that we think of it. It's about the science behind manifestation and how it tricks your brain into seeing what is reality because you're in charge of kind of your own reality. Maybe not fully, but like you're really in charge of what you're perceiving and your brain has confirmation bias. So whatever you're telling your brain, it's going to try to find in the world. So if you're telling yourself you're really successful and you say this every day, just like manifestation, you're going to be successful because you're going to start looking for the success in the world. And now also, I do believe in a little bit of like the kind of more magical sense of manifestation too. But I find the like scientific reasoning behind it really interesting also. But yeah, sorry, that was a really long way to say yes to you. So go ahead with what you were going to say. Yeah, no, the the reason I ask is because like what you described, I've heard it often referred to as a scripting. Hmm. And a lot of a lot of people find really good uh, success with it. So anyone listening, I'm going to kind of go off on a spiritual tangent. I'm a very <laughs> spiritual person openly. You don't have to be, but I just am by nature. <laughs> so I'm really, really into that whole idea of like, if you want to be a certain way, you can just do that. <laughs> like, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's kind of... It's, it's not to say like, how do I word it? I'm so bad at like 
finding words for things I want to say, which is hilarious because why do I host a podcast <laughs> and like continuously do this to myself? But like scripting, for example, has helped me a lot. And even if you don't believe like, oh, this isn't going to just turn magically turn me into, you know, this person. So like scripting in the way that I've heard of it anyways is like think of so example, like if you want a certain job or if you want your life to look a certain way, write it down. Mm -hmm. Be like, okay, I wake up and this is my day and this is how my days look. And I'm so happy with how my days are. And even though they're not like that now, you script it out and then you keep adding to it and you get really detailed. And then eventually you'll, you'll just get closer and closer to having that be like your reality. And I think even if you don't believe in like the magical <laughs> aspect of it, the same way that, you know, me or you might, it's very, I think, good to kind of know exactly what you are looking for your life to be mm -hmm. as a human being or as an artist too, because I have a lot of way, and it's crazy too, because like I am, I have witnessed myself speak something into existence before. Like, not to say that I'm a master manifester or mm -hmm. anything like that, but there have been a few times where I've been like, oh, wow, <laughs> like it would be so cool if I could have a job that was this, 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 and this. I remember I have a, like I said, I, I have a, you know, like a more of like a business coach. I also have a spiritual coach who I work with too. It literally, it sounds like it's like people are probably like, why are you spending so much money on that? Because it helps me. Okay. Like it's better than therapy for me. Like it's helped me so much. Just leave me alone. But I remember like I had a conversation with her. Her name's Jenna. I'm hoping to have her on the podcast actually. I haven't gotten around to scheduling her yet, but hopefully she'll be on season two at some point. But Jenna, she she does like tie-dye and all this really cool. Like she does like these Reiki healing bracelets. And it's, it's amazing. But anyway, that aside, <laughs> I remember talking to her and telling her like, this is like my ideal, like this is what my ideal job would be right now because I'm trying to kind of transition myself from, you know, this whole eight to five thing. I don't know what to call it. Eight to five corporate graphic design job for a big company that I'm like working for someone else. And I'm trying to take that and transition it into, you know, more freelance. And obviously you can't just like, like you were saying earlier too, you can't just kind of up and quit your job. Like if you have bills and stuff to pay, like I got to pay rent, I got to pay for my car. I, I have things to pay for. I can't just up and quit my job. But so I was telling her like, oh, ideally I would get a side hustle that was exactly this. And like the next day, I kid you not, I get an email from this company and I, I could go into detail explaining what the job is, but I'm not going to because I feel like that doesn't really matter. But it was exactly, to a T, exactly what I was describing to Jenna, like maybe a week before. And so I applied and I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if I got this job? Because I was here thinking this is too perfect. Like this is just too perfect. And then like the next day I get an email back, I go through the whole interview process and I've had this job for like seven months and I'm kind of using it to save up money and aid in my transition to, from corporate to entrepreneur, artist, freelancer. I haven't quite nailed down what I'm doing yet. That's why I haven't launched like my website or anything, but it, it literally like 
I know it sounds crazy, but it has done wonders for me. But you really like if you believe it and you write down exactly what you want and exactly what you want to be and you actively try to make yourself like be that person or be that artist or have this job and this is your daily routine. If you actively work towards making that your daily routine, the closer you are to making that your reality. And I think it's like really cool advice that that's that's the thing that you brought up. I love that love that for you <laughs> and for everyone honestly it's really good advice i have to read that book so i think we're at a good spot to like wrap it up if Ooh. you wanted to go ahead and self-promo times so like any of your social media <laughs> where people can find you projects you're working on and paintings you're selling anything fun and exciting that you want to bring up you can just go ahead and plug your stuff before we wrap up cool well, you guys can find me pretty much on any social media platform at The Colorful Kayak. So I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I also have a website now, brand new, so woo. But that's also, it's, you know, www.thecolorfulkayak.com. And that's The Colorful Kayak, like kayak, like the kayak you ride in. It's really confusing for um, now that I'm in the, obviously, the hiking groups and niche also. <laughs> People always think that I'm like, painting in a kayak. I'm not. That's actually just, that was my nickname at one point and I just rolled with it. So I don't kayak. That's very misleading, but my username is the colorful kayak. So you can find me on anything with that. All right. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap up? Anything else that you want to, I guess, squeeze in before we end this episode? I don't know. I don't think so. I guess I'll just go ahead and say now like if you're an artist and you're thinking of doing anything like I'm doing or you found that something I said resonated with you in some way please reach out to me because I'm not one of those people who just doesn't read my dms or doesn't answer anything like I will literally be your best friend please message me I want to talk to you <laughs> so if you have any questions or want to know anything about what I'm doing please just shoot me a DM. Honestly, I'll probably even end up like giving you my phone number. I just love people. So just like, feel free to contact me. I would love to talk about what you do. Yeah. And also I wanted to add, cause we talked about this uh, a little bit before we started recording, but I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty set on doing it. I'm going to make a discord for the podcast and it'll be pretty much open to anyone who wants to join. It'll have, I'm hoping to get, I mean, obviously I don't know if every single guest is going to want to join, but the guests that do want to join are going to be there. I'll be there and I'm going to make that for the podcast. So you'll probably be able to find that on our Instagram account as soon as the discord is out. It might be already out now by the time this episode comes out because we are recording this ahead a little bit but the instagram for the podcast is at artwise podcast on instagram and yeah if you are listening on spotify or apple podcast if you give us five stars that would be amazing it helps us reach more art friends so yeah i think that about wraps up this episode but thank you guys so much for listening and i will see everyone on tuesday bye everyone thank you guys <laughs> bye